This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Treatment Room. I'm your host, Tessa Zolli, and I am just so excited for today's conversation. I have a special guest with me who was actually the first esthetician I ever followed on Instagram. I haven't told her that yet, but I'm sure she was for many of you as well. And she's just so special because I feel like she's that person for me or that esthetician that really showed me kind of the depths of this career and what it really means to be an esthetician and a business owner. So I'm so proud to bring her on. She is a licensed esthetician of 15 plus years. She is the founder and CEO of Evolve Skin and Wellness. She is an entrepreneur, an influencer, and a podcaster herself. Welcome to the show, Ageless Ashley, aka Ashley Curtis. Hi, Tess. It is so good, so good to be here. Wow, what an introduction. I'm um I'm flattered. Thank you. Um, I had no idea that I was the first esthetician that you ever followed. And I'm honestly just so, so honored to be here. Um, I love your podcast. I'm a huge fan. I listen to it all the time. Like I was just telling you, I love the episodes with Jan Marini. Um, I think you do such an incredible job bringing um, free education to our community. And it's really important, um, the, the impact and the contribution that you're making. So just thank you. Oh, I'm gonna cry. Thank you so much. That's so sweet. It it meant so much to me to be able to even connect to you and DM with you because I've just looked up to you for so long and I admire everything you do. So it's such a treat to have you with us today. I want to hear and just like give you the opportunity to tell us about your story because you've obviously made such an impact on this industry and you've been in the game for 15 years. How did you even get started? How did you know you wanted to go to school to become an esthetician? So first of all, thank you. Um, The feeling is very mutual. (laughs) Um, And I, again, I'm just so happy to be here and I'd love to tell you more about my story. Um, I actually had acne when I was a teenager um, from the time I was about a a little, like I was, I was 12 when it started. um, And I had acne all the way until I was almost 17. Um, I went to every dermatologist under the sun. I was fortunate enough to have a mom that took me um, to get help for me, but nothing was working. Um, I was like on every medication, like you name it, um, anti-inflammatories, Accutane, like all 
all the things and nothing helped me until I actually went to visit um, an esthetician who was also a naturopath. Um, and she did some blood testing on me, some hormone testing. Um, and then once that happened, um, within a few months, literally like two, two and a half months, almost three months, my acne was completely clear. Um, I then went on to do a series of microneedling um, for the scarring, and I just really fell in love with the entire process um, and all of the people that helped me on my journey, um, particularly the esthetician who helped me. Um, she was so kind, and just her aura and her energy really inspired me um, and made me think that that is something that I could do as a career as well. Um, so I actually went to beauty school literally six months later because I was so inspired by this woman. <laughs> um, right, right when I graduated high school, I went to beauty school um, to be an esthetician. And then from there, um, I didn't really know for sure if that was going to be my path. And I thought maybe I wanted to go into dermatology, um, which led me to study biochemistry. Um, and so I actually got a degree. Um, I have an undergraduate degree and I was pre-med for a long time um, in biochemistry and environmental policy. So I went to school, I got a degree, and then I ended up just continuing working for the med spa I was working at throughout like my college. I put myself through school. So I was working the whole time I was in school at a med spa, first as a receptionist. Um, and I know a lot of people can probably relate to that. We all kind of start somewhere, but um, I worked as a receptionist, the front desk, and then I um, I did aesthetics and skin um, shortly after for about three and a half years at the med spa I was working at. And just during that time, I was so uh, inspired by everyone I was working with. We worked with a team of dermatologists and plastic surgeons and, um, and we did a little bit of wellness there too. So I just, that whole uh, journey for me was really, really cool. Um, and I ended up I was making a lot of money actually, um, and way more than I would have made if I wouldn't would have went and got like a job at a lab or something with my degree, you know. So I was like, I'm just gonna keep doing this, and that I mean, that's how I got started. That is so incredible, and I I love hearing about your personal experience with your skin struggles, and I think that's important too for estheticians to hear because a lot of us struggle with acne or some other concern we want to treat, and. I think especially when you're in school, you can feel like if I can't be perfect or if I can't treat my own acne, how is somebody else ever going to trust me with their skin? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I definitely think that was a huge part of my journey that has made me into like the provider I am today, especially because um, I do focus more on a holistic approach. And um, that's really like the aim that I have in my career always, um, whether that be in the treatment room or in business, I really try to take a holistic approach with everything that I do, even down to like, like right now I'm in the process of hiring a couple of people. And I just, I like mm. to look at the big picture, you know, <laughs> like I'm yeah. really all about yes. the big picture. And like, I think it's so important that we take this approach, um, especially now we're in this sort of new, um, I, we, I've been talking with a lot of friends about like, like, it's like after COVID, we're just like living mm -hmm. in this new world. And, um, and I think it's so important to take a holistic approach in all areas of life. 
I absolutely agree. And I think it's, it's all connected. Could you tell us more about what a holistic approach means for somebody who maybe doesn't, is attracted to that and, and wants to offer that, but doesn't quite know what all it entails? Of course. Yeah. Um, so to me, a holistic approach is when, like I said, you're looking at the big picture, you're treating uh, the root cause of an area of concern um, if you're an esthetician. So instead of just putting a Band-Aid on your client's skin issues or, you know, throwing products at them um, or trying to sell, sell, sell like certain topical skincare products, you're really actually diving a little bit deeper. And I know that you do this um, like in your consultations, but just diving really deep in consultation and figuring out um, what what it could what could be triggering um, whatever is happening with their skin from the inside uh, rather than rather than, like I said, just looking at it from like purely uh, aesthetics, from purely like the outside. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's a good explanation. I don't know. What, what would you say? Yes. No, I think that's absolutely all true. And I think there's so many levels of somebody's lifestyle or so many different aspects that can contribute based on the condition we're talking about, but it can come down to nutrition. It, 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 Mm -hmm. it's about stress and emotion and what's going on in your body. It's about hormones. It's about our sleep. Um, even just the environment you're in or the pollutants you're exposed to or what you do for work. Um, so it's it's kind of crazy, but all these things can definitely impact your skin. So Ashley, I'm sure there are things you talk about that relate to these areas of somebody's life that that you talk about in your consultations. Mm-hmm. How does your process kind of start? Like somebody walks into Evolve and they want to be treated holistically. How do you kind of work with them or what kind of tools do you use to get to know them? Yeah, I think it, again, it just all starts with a consultation. I love what you said about, you know, there's so many factors. So I think a lot of times people really disregard these other factors, particularly um, their stress levels and uh, Mm. their environment, because I think environment is something that we're all all dealing with right now in a really big way. Um, and stress, I mean, stress more mm-hmm. than ever. We're all, I mean, so many of our clients are are dealing with an insurmountable amount of stress, like more than they probably ever had to deal with in their life, whether that be because of like career or, um, you know, just the different challenges that like this past year has presented to all of us. But um, when someone comes into Evolve, uh, I do a deep dive consultation um, while they're laying. So I know some people do the consultation um, before someone like lays on the table, but I I really like to do it during the first treatment. So um, Mm -hmm. I do offer a signature treatment called the Ageless Facial. um, And the Ageless Facial starts with a cleanse. So usually I can tell what kind of cleanse a person needs. Um, They will fill out a form prior to laying on the treatment table um, describing any allergies. And then I always ask that, of course, before I like touch anyone. Um, But during, Mm. during the first half of the facial is really like a really deep, 
conversation, like a consultation. So it's, I'm getting to know uh, their lifestyle habits. I'm getting to know, like, I always ask about like what they do for work and um, Mm -hmm. like how they de-stress and really try to get to know them. And, and more importantly, I try to get to know their concerns because as, as estheticians, I'm sure you'll agree with this, but we can look at someone and kind of pick apart everything that we don't like about their skin, but it's more about what they don't like about their skin. So I think that's something really important not to overlook because sometimes someone will come to you for something completely different than what you think. Like you might want to treat their hyperpigmentation, their melasma, but they're really just there for um, for something completely different. So um, I like to start it like that and then go from there. Okay. I think that sounds amazing. And you were talking about understanding what type of cleanse to offer somebody. Can you go into that more and in, in what you mean by kind of customizing even a cleanse? Because I've never even really thought about that. Yeah, usually, um, you know, if someone has uh, if someone has acne concerns and they are <clears throat> they're hesitant to excuse me, um, they're hesitant to like do any like oil cleansing. I always ask people what they're comfortable with first, like what they're using okay. at home, and um, I don't I don't like to put anything on anyone that they're not comfortable with. So I will usually okay. start with is clinical cleansing complex or something similar to that, like a gel cleanser, just to you know remove kind of take the day away, um, and then we'll go into a second cleanse, a treatment cleanse, depending on what their issues are, what they're there for, um, like what concerns they want to target, but it. I think it's really, really important um, to always do a double cleanse, sometimes a triple cleanse, depending on if your client's wearing a lot of makeup. Um, And I think a facial should always start with that, either a double or a triple cleanse. I like that you were saying you have them lie down when you're offering the consultation. And I imagine that would kind of just like put them at ease and kind of give them the feeling like they're getting a lot out of their time with you. Like you're touching their skin, they're relaxing, and you're asking these really important questions that, let's be honest, many providers don't get like super in-depth into. So I feel like that would just be the perfect environment and way to really get somebody comfortable. And that's probably a big piece of the consultation, like attaining that trust and having them relax in your space. Absolutely. And I think too, the more you're talking with your client, especially when it's Uh, particularly when it's the first time they're coming to see you, you really do want to get to know them. Like the more that you're, you're talking with them in the beginning, the more they will feel comfortable, the more they will have that trust in you and um, believe that you can address their concerns. Because um, like I said, I think a big pet peeve of mine is when, when providers don't do this thorough consultation, or I've been, I've had facials in the past and treatments in the past where they're not really asking me much or like trying yeah. to get to know me in the beginning. Yes. And it's just so off putting, like, it's almost <laughs> like you can't, I don't know, right. you know? <laughs> yes, hundred percent. And it's like, you never forget that person who did listen, like you've never forgot the right. the person who listened to you when you had your skin worked on and she made an impression on you. And I think sometimes we can forget we have the potential to be that person. And I had that person too. That was like 
why I wanted to become an esthetician. I got my first facial when I was maybe 25 and it was just that perfect um, experience where I felt listened to. I felt comfortable. I felt safe. I felt like she was educating and mm-hmm. listening to what I needed. And and I think we shouldn't underestimate that or discount how moving that can be. Yeah. How moving, how life-changing. It's so true. Like, you, I mean, you never forget those people. Those are the people that make the biggest impact, not just on your skin and treating your skin, but like I mean, our clients become our friends, our family. We get so close to our clients this way. And it's a really good way to, if you're trying to build a book of clients, like build a book and like build and have them refer everyone that they know to you because they not only trust you with their skin, but they actually like you and they like the person that you are. Absolutely. Okay. And I want to hear more about how you built your books. I'm sure you get asked this question all the time, but (laughs) how was it like going from the medical spa setting to opening your first business and kind of starting from ground zero? Oh my gosh. Um, So I actually, um, so I lived in San Francisco like you. Um, Yes. For a long time. And so I, after college, I moved to San Francisco. I worked in lots of different settings. Um, I worked in waxing salons. Um, I worked for med spas. I worked for upscale salons, like uh, spas. I've worked in like all the settings that you can think of, dermatologist offices. Okay. Um, and I just really didn't know where my place was. I knew I really loved skin, but I was just kind of exploring in my 20s, like trying to figure out like what I really wanted to do forever. Um, And I just wasn't totally sure yet. Even at one point when I was like, I I was 27, um, I decided to like quit aesthetics. I became a personal trainer. I worked for Equinox for like a year. (laughs) Um, So just like a little pivot. um, and And it was interesting because while I was working for Equinox and I was training people, like I was working with all these people that were so highly passionate. Like they loved what they did. They all had like kinesiology degrees. Like they weren't just personal trainers. Like they were the best of the best, like the creme Mm -hmm. de la creme of their Mm -hmm. industry. And just seeing the passion that they had um, for what they were doing, it really inspired me. It really wanted me, like it really made me want to like have that about something, you know? Like I was like, I'm missing that. I know that this isn't Mm -hmm. it, but like maybe I need to just get back into skin, like fully, fully devote myself to skin. And it was hard for me in San Francisco to build a clientele. Like Northern California, for some reason, I think I just had a block living there. Like I I always want to say it was like the people, the kind of clients, but I don't think that was it. I think it was just me not being in the right mindset. And so I really Mm -hmm. tried to like shift my mindset. And um, at the time, my ex-fiance and I just um, had we decided to move to LA. So we, about six months after I left Equinox um, and I closed my first business. And so I opened a business, a skincare business in San Francisco before I decided to pivot. But then I closed it like a year later because the, like, I couldn't get the clientele. I couldn't get it like just the wasn't clients. right. Like, no, it wasn't right. working for me, which is why I pivoted. <laughs> um, so we moved okay. to LA. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
and yeah, moved to LA and then I worked for um, a couple of different people in a medical office and then I worked at um, a pretty well-known place in downtown LA um, for a while and I really got all of my clients from Instagram, honestly. Like I built my Instagram and my presence so much. Like I was living on Instagram. I was posting my like daily routines like every single day. Like it was it was literally the consistency I think that helped me build. Wow. Well it's it's pretty amazing what a massive following you have, like over a hundred thousand followers. And I'm sure at the time it wasn't as much of a, you know, how we have such a huge Instagram community now. And it's like every esthetician of course is on Instagram, but I imagine when you started, it wasn't like that or correct me if I'm wrong. No. Um, when I first started getting involved, like in the community on Instagram, I, I think I had like 7,000 followers or something. So to like, it was still a lot of followers. Um, That's still a lot. And I don't, I don't really even like to like, like the amount of followers doesn't really matter. Um, This, the consistency that you have with your following is what matters most. And so I really tried to focus on that. Um, And I think that's what helped build me so much so fast. And you're right at the time, there really wasn't a lot of um, other estheticians, but there was um, the master esthetician, Rianne. She was the one who kind of invited me into her community of um, of other estheticians who were present on Instagram. And um, I made like a lot of friends through her, which I, I, like, I'm always thankful for her. Like she kind of like, I mean, she kind of brought me into her little circle, which I was just so cool. And I started meeting all these people that were super passionate again, like I really wanted to be that way. And so just being connected with other people who were that way was, um, was really cool for me. Like it was something that I had never had before. And, um, I always was like kind of searching for that. So I really felt it. Mm -hmm. And, um, being in that community was so highly motivating and, um, that's what, and we all did, you know, lots of giveaways together and, um, we just promoted each other all the time. And, um, Mm -hmm. And that just, it went so far at the time. Um, and mm-hmm. and now it is amazing. It's so incredible to see like the community that's been built from that and just in other little groups like that, like other people in different like areas of the world. And it's just so cool to see like how big the esthetician community has become in the past couple of years. It's, it's really crazy, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, I could not imagine my life without it. I, like just everybody on talk to on Instagram feels it does feel like a family like you guys are the first people I think about when I wake up like even before my boyfriend (laughs) I'm like thinking about my SD sisters and I can't I mean it's kind of a problem like I want to share literally every facet of my day (laughs) and I easily could but I just could not imagine life without it and it's so cool that that's kind of built into what we do when we do have that community because not every job does no I I think yeah a hundred percent um even friends of mine like people that I know that are in in other industries that they are really passionate about they don't have that kind of like support um 
within their industry. And it's just, it's really unique. It's really special. Uh, I, I definitely attribute a lot of my success to the community on Instagram and um, everyone that I've met through there, um, particularly Rianne, the master esthetician, but just so many other people um, mm-hmm. that I've met through, through other people and who I've actually connected with in real life. And mm-hmm. um, it's, it's such a big part of what we do. And I think it's easy to kind of get caught up in sort of the negative vibes of it. Um, but mm-hmm. I think, but I think if you, like I've been taking a little bit of a break from engaging a little bit and now that I'm able to zoom out a little, um, mm-hmm. even just after a couple of weeks, it is so cool to like look at it from a different perspective and see like, see all the little silver linings that we forget about, you know? Oh yeah. No, it's so true. It's, very easy to spend, you know, every second of your <laughs> free time on there because it's easy yeah. to open. And of course, there's going to be messages <laughs> to respond to and things to do. But I do think, you know, there's definitely something to learning how to appreciate Instagram and and using it for good and, you know, connecting with, I mean, it's a great tool to connect with our peers and learn something from other people, but it can easily shift into looking at what maybe you don't have or comparison or that kind of thing. And I imagine, Ashley, you've had a long road dealing with or being in this industry for for 15 years and being on social media for a lot of it. Do you have any tips when it comes to having a healthy mindset with social media? Yeah, that's such a great question. Um, You know, I've definitely had my fair share of like love hate feelings toward it. Um, And it, like you said, it can be so, so consuming. It can feel like, especially when you get your momentum going, it can feel like it's so hard to step away. Um, And you can feel sort of dependent on it um, in a lot of ways, especially if you're selling products online or especially Mm -hmm. like you, you're, you know, you're doing virtual clients. So it can Mm -hmm. feel really hard to step away from that. Um, I do think first and foremost, breaks are so healthy. They're so important, Um, especially if you find that your mental health is dwindling or you feel like you are getting caught up in the comparisonitis or, you know, like (laughs) you can't get away from just looking at someone else's life and thinking like it's so perfect because it's not. I mean, we're all showing our best. Like we're all showing our highlight reel. Um, I think it's getting better. I think a lot of people are really doing a good job job and stepping into authenticity and not just showing the highlights, which is awesome to see. Um, But I struggle with that even like I don't, it's hard to post the bad stuff. It's hard to post the messy stuff. It's not easy. Um, And yeah, I just think breaks number one, I think is a great tip. Um, Even if it's just a weekend, even if you just delete the app for like I don't know, two days or three days or even a day. Like if you just need a day to not go on there, like actually deleting the Instagram app from your phone is like, I think the best thing that you can do for however long you need to. Um, And then I think number two, something I've always kind of went by on the 
um, when it comes to posting and um, creating content is I really do try to create like 10 times more content than I consume. So I don't spend very much time scrolling at all. It's hard um, because I do want to stay connected to the community. But, you know, we have our little groups, which is nice um, to like just pop on to like so um, Tess and I are both in like one group that I started um, of just a few estheticians who we all just kind of engage with each other's content. And I, that that feels really helpful to me because I'm able to like compartmentalize and just go on and look at everyone's stuff and, you know, like engage. And then it's, it's, and it's people that I like, like people or people that I not just like, but people that I like, they have healthy content stuff that I'm not, it's not um, dramatic or it's not feeding any like negative energy or anything. I think it's hard um, when we're just following so many random accounts of people that we don't actually know or don't really spend any time chatting with or getting to know. So I try to be mindful of that and not consuming too much um, content and just trying to like post and then like get off if I need to. So um, so hopefully those tips are helpful for (laughs) for anyone listening. Yes, absolutely. And at the end of the day, you can always just remind yourself of the blue light exposure and how it affects the skin. That'll definitely get me to put my phone away or the lines on my neck. Yes, exactly, exactly. That's, I think that's really important, Ashley, thinking about how to be healthy with it and have boundaries around it because it it can be addictive um, for sure. And it's a little bit, I think, even beyond our control. It's just we're, you know, drawn to our phones. Yep. But what about when it comes to when you do sit down and you want to create content, you know you want to create 10 times more than you're scrolling past. What is that process like for you? Is there any strategy to being ageless Ashley or what you show on Instagram? Um, I do try to create as I go. So through the day, like I don't spend a lot of time batch creating content. I know everyone has a different philosophy about this. Um, but for me personally, I love to just like post as I go. I show a lot of, um, I show a lot of like jelly masks and like beautiful, um, like scenes Mm -hmm. from like my day, whatever I find like aesthetically pleasing in my day. I like to take a picture of it. That's really Mm -hmm. the key. Like I don't spend too much time like creating it. Like I'll just, you know, sometimes I just post a picture. I don't even put captions. So I don't know if I'm the best person to ask because I literally just post like beautiful things all day. And I try, I've been trying to get more (laughs) vulnerable and like, post like okay. not so good stuff but okay um, but, but yeah I try I, yeah that that's kind of my strategy I don't I know I really don't try to spend too much time think like as I think that what can happen um is we get caught up in trying to make content perfect before we post it um yes. and that can hinder us and that can that's like a time suck too I mean you don't mm-hmm. not everything thing that you post needs to be like perfectly and I think that the things that do the the best engagement wise for me at least are are always like spontaneous it's always in the moment it's not um, there's not too much thought behind it this episode is brought to you by Monoxa so some of you might know I have been on quite the journey for the past oh two years now creating a skincare line and 
I have learned a lot through this experience. It has been heartbreaking at times. It's been frustrating. I have cried. I have spent a lot of money, time, and energy that could have been spent on my business. So if I were to pass on anything to you, if you are considering making your own products, it would be that choosing the manufacturer is really everything. It can make or break the entire experience. Private labeling is so much easier and more affordable with Onoxa versus partnering with a contract manufacturer for product development, which let me tell you, it is a huge investment. Everything is done online with Onoxa and I was kicking myself because I went through their process. I chose my products to sample and I created my own skincare labels. The whole process took maybe 20 minutes once I had my design. It was incredibly easy. I do recommend private labeling because it's a prime opportunity to increase your business retail revenue, which for us SDs is typically half of our business, half is services and half is retail. The reason I recommend private labeling is because you can set your own profit margins. So you can still retail other brands you love, but it's a way to position your name and your branding along with well-established brands to give credibility to your business and increase your revenue because there's no middleman you get to set the prices. And I already know what you guys are wondering. Yes, they do offer back bar product sizes for their hair and spa formulas. So it's a really easy upsell to offer your client the same retail size of a back bar product you used on them during their services. Professionals choose and love Onoxa products because they're used by estheticians and dermatologists. Their formulas are USA made using high-end ingredients and all of their skincare and hair care is vegan and cruelty-free. The best part is the branding is completely customizable so you can make sure your products fit your business and reflect your aesthetic. For more information, check out onoxa.com and the information in the show notes below. Now let's get back to the treatment room. Yes. And going back to what you said about vulnerability, it's such an interesting thing because I think nowadays we know being vulnerable is accepted even a little bit like encouraged on Instagram. But Mm -hmm. I don't know if you ever struggle with this, Ashley, but it's almost like that feeling like I don't want to be complaining or whining or I don't want to be negative on Instagram. So I feel like that's like the little bit of the challenge for me, but what about you and and how do you kind of leave your comfort zone in that sense? Yeah, this is is such a great question. You have such good questions. (laughs) I have a lot to ask you, so you might have to come back. (laughs) I love it. Um, That's, it's such, it's so important, I think, to stay positive. And um, positivity, honestly, is part of my brand. Um, So I try really hard to put positive spins on even when I'm being vulnerable because 
I know for myself, that's the best way for me to look at whatever is happening in my life. It's really difficult to post um, and be vulnerable when you're thinking, because we're, as estheticians, we're empaths. We're very compassionate naturally. So of course, we're thinking about our audience. We're thinking about how they're going to consume our content and how they're going to feel after they consume it. Um, and this is a really good thing. Um, and I think it's important to be mindful of that um, because if we are just getting on and, oh my gosh, my life is so stressful right now. I'm just going to post that it's so stressful. Um, I think sometimes that can backfire. Um, and it's mm-hmm. I think it's just a lack of, um, it, it's just not taking the time enough to think through the whole process of like, you are posting content for your clients, for your potential clients, you know, and I just try to think Mm of um, like what, what I would feel comfortable, like watching my provider post Mm -hmm. or um, like I try to reverse the roles a little bit, if that makes sense. Yes, no, it does make sense. And I think it can be confusing to new estheticians when we're talking about what's something you would put on your personal Instagram maybe versus your your business account? Um, are there any ways that you kind of draw the line there or any advice you would give to somebody who's just not quite clear? I mean, I think what you said is great, thinking about what you would be comfortable watching from your provider or another skincare professional. Mm-hmm. I think... Um... It's hard. I don't have a personal account. Like Ageless Ashley is my whole, wow. like it's my whole account. So I, I've never had, um, I've never had the different accounts, um, okay. ever. So I, I do try to just post. And I think for me personally, it's because I just like I, I'm kind of a private person in my personal life. So I don't really like to share mm-hmm. a lot of my personal life. And um, I actually think that that has contributed to my success because there are parts of my life that I. I don't really like to share. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that's okay. Like, I think it's totally yeah. healthy to like have parts of your life or maybe your relationships or um, there are, there are so many things that a, like you don't have to share with everyone and be like, honestly, no one really cares. Like at the end of the day <laughs> about some of this stuff, like you don't have to put your whole life out there, you know, like think about mm-hmm. the things like why you follow someone. So this is the, I guess that would be a good tip is like, why are your mm-hmm. followers following you? Like try to stay connected mm-hmm. to that. Like for you, your followers are a lot of estheticians. Like they want to see education. Um, so mm-hmm. you probably, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's probably what you center a lot of your creating content around, right? Yes. I mean, it's gotten a little bit tricky now with my own clients, but I don't know. I don't know if I, if there's something I should be doing differently, but I, I do just talk to both. And, and so far, I guess it's kind of gone under one umbrella, but it might be a little bit similar for you. And I feel like my clients may not necessarily mind when I'm educating estheticians because a lot of the, a lot of it might be interesting to them, or it just might be kind of a more advanced approach at, at looking at skincare. So hopefully they appreciate that too, but it's interesting with the nuances, you know? Yes. I love that. The, what you just said about like your clients getting, they get, they're getting like a kind of behind that, like you're pulling the curtain, like back, you know, like you're, you're showing them a side of 
like ingredients or whatnot or formulation or um, products that they don't really, it's like an uncensored view of it. I think so. And, and, you know, some of my clients even end up wanting to become estheticians, which is what happened to me. So <laughs> sometimes people are just interested in, in the whole process. But anyway, enough about me. I want to go back to your business and, and just hear more about it because you've obviously built something just like really special and incredible. And I want to hear more about all that's gone into that, whether it's deciding to bring certain people on or what you decide goes on your menu or even how you curate your space and how that all kind of goes under the Ageless Ashley brand. I want to hear more about just your space and how it all kind of came to fruition once you opened your doors. Yeah, uh, well, thank you for wanting to know more. I mean, it is it is very a special place. Um, so I'm located in Pasadena, which is kind of like a fancy suburb in Los Angeles, like within the city of Los Angeles. So, um, so it's really like the the city is sort of known for like its Art Deco buildings and just like really cool old buildings. And um, I love that vibe because it does remind me of San Francisco a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Like the whole, the whole area is just really like different and unique and um, like it's kind of like has like an old world feel. So we found my location in like the, like the cutest street ever. Like it's like a tree lined street and it's an old um, like Spanish style building. Um, I'm in a building with a bunch of different therapists so it's like a medical office building but it's really old it kind of feels like when you walk in it kind of feels like an old house like an old like Spanish style house which is so unique it's something I really love about the space um and when we looked at it like I just knew right away that that was like going to be the location and I could really picture everything um Mm. so I just I so when we got it, I tried to first bring a lot of life into it. Um, I'm a huge fan of like plants, and so lot like the plants were like the first thing I bought. Um, we did like tons of plants throughout the whole place, and actually didn't do a lot to the building um, because they wouldn't really allow us to do a whole lot to it because it is like an old kind of historic building. So we couldn't really do a lot of like construction or anything like that, um, which is fine, you know. Obviously, like. <laughs> it's like cut cut costs back a little bit and the space was already like kind of perfect how it was but we did like do we did a few little upgrades here and there like as much as we could do um but it's like hardwood floors throughout um the vibe is really great I I tried really hard to create like a vibe in the place Mm so um with can't like there's always Yes. Uh, there's always candles lit. Um, there's crystals everywhere, plants everywhere. I think all of this really contributes. There's always like low kind of like lo-fi, um, like uh, chill hop, like playing in the background. So, mm-hmm. um, so all that really just, I think, makes someone feel good when they walk in. It smells good. You can hear these like great sounds and um, it I think it's all about the vibe when it comes to like creating a space and um, we shouldn't overlook that. So, so that's about the space. Um, I just hired an esthetician like six, um, maybe five months ago. Um, her name is Vanessa. She's wonderful. She's really taken on like my overflow of clients because I had to stop taking new clients in the beginning of the year. Um, mm-hmm. And 
I'm like on a wait list right now. So it's been so, so nice, like godsend to have her there. So she's there when I'm not there. Um, and she's been able, like I trained her on my, uh, my signature treatment, the ageless facial. And, um, she's so amazing. She has magic hands. Um, and I was really looking for someone who could be sort of like an extension of me. Mm. So it was hard to find. I interviewed a lot of people, but when I met Vanessa, I just knew that she was the right fit. She was the one. Yes. (laughs) Was that hard for you to go from like, you've created this amazing thing all on your own to hiring somebody else? Was that difficult for you? Um, yeah, it was. There were, I had a lot of fears around it. Um, I took a, I, I do business coaching with someone right now. Um, and okay. I was going through the process of like, kind of unblocking my fears around it because, um, because I think it can be easy to get really nervous. And um, I had, I had fears of, you know, hiring someone and then they would like, take all my clients and go start their own thing, which like, I think might happen at some point event, like inevitably, that's just the nature of our business. So um, I just, I just had to keep in mind that like, if the worst thing happens, like it's probably meant to be in some way. So, <laughs> so I try to get over my fears in that way. Um, and yeah, I mean, other fears too, is like depending on someone else, obviously, when you when you build something from the ground up, and you're, you're doing it by yourself, like um, bringing someone in to depend on is difficult, because what if you know, they don't show up or like, what if, you know, the worst thing happens or you get a bad review and you, it's kind of out of your control at, um, at that point. But, um, but leaning into, like I said, your fears a little bit, I think you should be scared in your business. Sometimes it's like the only way to grow. Um, so I, every time I feel fear, I just try to like dissect it, like figure out why I'm feeling that fear and then go from uh-huh. there. Because if it's irrational fear, um, then you'll quickly know that by, you know, by the end of your like thought process, I think. But I don't know if that uh-huh. answers your question. I feel yes. like I'm rambling. No. <laughs> no, I love your rambles. Feel free to talk as much as you want. I think that answer was perfect. And I also want to ask you about kind of what goes on in your mind when it comes to like what makes a really great facial because you've obviously designed your own personal facial and you've been in the business, you train other estheticians. Is there anything that goes into kind of what you think makes up a great facial anything SDs maybe should try to include or maybe little tips of things to avoid anything like that I think a great facial is when someone can have like a results meets relaxation experience I think now a days like people are looking for both I don't think Um, I think sometimes we can get caught up in like, oh, I only do clinical facials or I only do relaxing facials. Like I love the, um, the concept of a hybrid facial. So making sure that you are staying very results oriented, your clients are seeing the results, they're feeling the results and, and they're long lasting, right? So they, um, so they continue on even after the facial based on your home care recommendations and your treatment plan going forward. Um, but also like keeping in mind that they are coming to spend 
time with you and their time is very valuable and um and also giving them a relaxing experience making sure that they can unwind in some way does that mean that you have to do like like I the ageless facials 90 minutes which is a long time you don't have to make your facials 90 minutes but if you can incorporate like a shoulder massage or some aromatherapy or um you know some sound therapy in your facials I think just those little tiny tweaks um Mm. can make a huge huge difference Okay. And where do you feel like you have gained your expertise in your techniques and what you do in the treatment room? Was it through jobs you had? Was it through learning from peers or, you know, watching videos and kind of developing your own little habits or ways? How do you think you became so great at what you do? Well, thank you. Um, it's true. I, no, you'll have to come get a facial from me sometime. Oh, I I'll have to get on that wait list. Yeah. No, next time you're here, we'll do it. Um, but I think, it, yeah, I think just over time, like picking up things from different places I've worked, from people I've worked with. Um, also, I think there's so much value. And I think I've heard you talk about this before too, but in going to get other services, they're going to get facials mm-hmm. done um, somewhere yes. else. So I really, pre-COVID, I was really good about going once a month to a different facialist. Um, I haven't been as good now, but hopefully I'll get get a little bit better back into it. Um, but there is so, so much we can learn from other people just by going to receive services. And I think that by going to receive services, it really helps you stay connected to your own services because there might be something that someone does that you do that maybe you don't like and then it like mm-hmm. wakes you up to that. Mm-hmm. Um, just like if someone does something that, oh, like maybe I could incorporate this. Um, There's so much value in that. Okay. I want to know, tell us the tea. What are some things that you maybe (laughs) notice from other providers or that maybe if you've done it in your past or, you know, not necessarily, not necessarily mistakes, but maybe some things you've learned from your 15 years of experience, any little tips you've kind of learned of things you would recommend estheticians avoid doing in the treatment room yeah or it could be it could be in general could be just in the business yeah um I love this question I wish I wish I would have had like people like you (laughs) to listen to when I was first starting that like really dive deep into this stuff because it's so important um and you're really, again, like I said earlier, like you're you're really providing so much value to everyone in our community. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest thing, I the biggest advice I always give people is to um, just stay really passionate about what you're doing. Don't um, and and the continued ed- education is huge. Going to conferences, networking with mm. people. Um, looking at your peers as your friends and the people that are going to help you in your career rather than looking at them as competition is so, so important. Um, I I always try to stress this, especially to the younger estheticians, but, um, but really, really just valuing what you have to offer and understanding that what you have, your gifts, 
what you bring to the table is so different. It's so unique. It's so special. And no one else has what you have. Um, And I wish I would have known that when I was younger, um, because I did spend a lot of time comparing myself to other people and other Mm -hmm. professionals and other providers. But at the end of the day, our clients come to us for us and for what we're giving to them and for what we like our magic, our hands, you know, it's not a machine. Mm -hmm. They're not coming for your hydrofacial machine. They're not coming for your um, product. Like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. important to have these great technologies, these great products, but like at the end of the day, it's your hands, it's your energy, it's your, who you are as a person that they're coming for. So, um, so just remembering that I think is, is so important and very valuable, um, as you go forward in your career, because you're, you know, you're going to stay the same and grow and evolve from the person that you are, but like, and technology is just going to keep changing and changing and changing. So as long as your clients can always feel your energy and like the magic that you bring, they will always come back to you. It is so true. And I love that you said that. I want more estheticians to lean into their skill set they have now and, you know, have the confidence to know you will advance and learn more with time and even leaning into your personality and just knowing that is totally enough and people will come to you exactly like Ashley said because you are you and you are special and I think we can be our most powerful highest selves when we are really harnessing our personalities and just allowing ourselves to be ourselves. I think a lot of us have that that hump we kind of get over where we can kind of relax into who we are and we can just be ourselves and everything gets so much easier from there. We're not yep. spending so much energy like fighting ourselves and resisting who we are and of course there's like, you know, boundaries around bedside manners and, you know, how we interact with clients, but I love that you said that, Ashley, and um, I just want everybody to really hear what Ashley said and know that you are totally enough as you are. You're enough, and I love what you said, too. Like, the that is when the alignment will happen. The magic will start happening in your business is when you really lean into the person that you are rather than trying to just always mm-hmm. stay up to date on, like, the next big thing or the next, you know – the next machine, the next product, like it doesn't, those things really don't matter as much as, um, as, as valuing who you are and leaning into who you are as a provider, as a person, um, as a friend. I mean, we're, we've, like I said, our, our clients become our friends and that's a huge reason why they come back to us. They love us just like we love them. Yes, it's so true. Even the SDs I see here in the Bay Area, like Douglas Preston or Michelle Phelan, I, I, I mean, of course, they're amazing and experienced and they know what they're doing, but I go to them because they're them. And we as estheticians have clients who come to us because they just, they want to be with us. They feel comfortable and they feel connected to you. So never underestimate that. And I think that can go, you know, just as far as somebody who has tons and tons of experience who maybe isn't necessarily present or connecting the way that I think clients want it, want to be connected to us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I totally agree. 
Amazing, Ashley. Well, I so appreciate you and you taking your time to talk to us today. If there's anything you could leave us with when it comes to succeeding in this industry as an SD, is there any sage words of wisdom you have about (laughs) succeeding as a beauty pro? Succeeding as an esthetician and making this into a career that is fulfilling for you. Um, the most important thing you can do for yourself is take care of yourself. Um, take care of your hands, take care of your body, take care of your mental health. Um, we're giving so much to our clients um, all the time. Like we're giving physically, we're giving emotionally, we're giving mentally. So making sure that you fill your own cup back up. It sounds really cliche, but it's something that I really believe in and I um, and I put a lot of emphasis on in my own life, but um, just r- really uh, taking a good hard look in the mirror sometimes and asking yourself, what do I need today? What do I need in this moment? What do I need this month? If you need to take a break from clients, if you need to take a break from social media, like just really listening to yourself and um, respecting yourself and what you need and your own needs um, and putting that above. It's, it's hard. And I heard this great quote recently on a podcast, but <clears throat> this woman said, um, on the Model Health Show, which I love, Sean Stevenson. He's a great podcaster if anyone wants to go check him out. Um, Okay, I need to look into that. (laughs) I know you've mentioned it before. Um, But anyway, this woman said, you know, when you're a healer or when you're a leader, it's really easy to put yourself at the back of the line because the line is always so long of people to serve and we're always putting Mm -hmm. ourselves, we're always standing in the back of the line. But Um, But putting yourself in the front of the line is always going to serve you and it's going to make you more able to serve everyone else in the line. It's like, you know, the airplane analogy, like save yourself first, but um, but I really can't stress that enough. And that's when I've seen the most success in my career is when I've Mm -hmm. really taken a lot of time for myself. Yes, and I definitely get that from you and everything you put on social media, and it's it's refreshing to come back to. So I love that that you talk about that, and it's so important, especially somebody like you, Ashley, who's in the treatment room so much and, and giving so much. It's, it's important to look at the reality of how much, you know, our bodies are giving. It's very physical mm-hmm. and it's emotionally giving a lot to, to constantly make sure somebody's comfortable in your care and getting the results that yes. they want. There's so many facets to being an esthetician. It's, mm-hmm. it's a big job. It's, you know, <laughs> like we say, playing therapist, we are the skin expert. We're the scientists. We're, we're, we're like the all scientists. the things. Especially in Ashley's case. Yes, it's a big, it's a big job. And I think also, I just thought of this, but, and I should say it, but like referring out to other people is huge too. So like having a good, um, I was just talking about this in a presentation that I was doing, um, but making sure that you don't um, try to put too much pressure on yourself to do all the things for your clients. Like having a good, Mm -hmm. strong, like referral system is so, so huge. Okay. So what does that look like exactly? 
so having, um, for me, like I have a holistic therapist that I mm-hmm. uh, refer out to and also like people who do massage and people like in the, in the vicinity that I'm in. So like in the city okay. that I'm in that do other things or dermatologists, having like a good dermatologist that you can refer out to because, um, at the end of the day, we can't do everything and we shouldn't try to mm-hmm. do everything. Um, and it's mm-hmm. really, we're, we're just, we're doing a disservice to our clients if we try to do all the things. Yes. And we just, we actually can't. So I love that you said that very similar to just hiring out when you need it. Or, I mean, I guess Mm -hmm. the theme is kind of asking for help when you need it. Um, And just knowing that's not like a weakness or, you know, something you're, um, you're lacking. It's just providing the best possible help. Right. So your clients can get like your so your clients can get the best experience possible you know because if you're referring out to other specialists first you're going to create that referral system so those people will start naturally referring back to you but also you're giving your clients like the creme de la creme the best of the best Mm. like you're not falling falling short like say if and this can ring true for the estheticians who are doing lots of different things in the treatment room too. So like people who do lashes and facials or people who do waxing and facials and lashes, it's like, mm-hmm. I think the power, your power comes from really specializing, really niching down, figuring out what you like to do, figuring out what you're good at. Um, and then honing in on that and then just referring out to all the other, for all the other things. Yes, I love that. And I think it it comes back to the oath we all kind of take, which is to do no harm to no one. And I think that means also referring out when it's needed. And it's, it's, I love that you said that, Ashley, and I hope it empowers you guys to know it's okay to ask for help or to say, I'm not sure about that, but let me find you like the best possible person who can answer that. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love the the I don't know. I mean, we don't know everything <laughs> and our clients yeah. don't expect us to know everything. They just want us to be honest with them. Yes, um, absolutely. 100%. Ashley, thank you so much for all you've shared with us. This was just absolute gold. I mean, I feel like I just got so good. a nugget <laughs> out of every question. So thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to be sure to link your social media and Ashley's website below. Is there anything else we've left out, Ashley? Thank you so much, Tess. I really had so much fun chatting with you today. This has been awesome. It was even better than I thought it was going to be. Um, and I, yeah, I'd love to have you on my podcast as well sometime. So I Aww, hope we can make that happen. Absolutely. <laughs> I'd be so honored. You are welcome back anytime. And I hope we do get you back sometime because there's so many topics I know you yes, specialize in. To. Okay, we'll have to make this it a regular so thing. <laughs> Thanks, <Aww>. Tessa. <laughs> You're so welcome. We love you. Thank you for all that you do in the I community. Love you too. <laughs> oh, and thanks for joining us today. Thanks, guys, for listening. We will talk to you in the next episode. 